Well, greetings, salutations, McCowan, Shannon, back with you again for um, a Tuesday. Um, Still unpacking, Bob. I'm sorry, John. Still unpacking, are you? <laughs> uh, there's well, there's some boxes back there, and yeah, that's and I'm not unpa- No, actually, I'm not unpacking at all. I'm I <laughs> I'm having the entire main. This is the basement, oh, so I'm having no, the entire I, main the, floor. The, the, the cardboard the box in the corner was a giveaway. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I moved some other ones. Uh, John, there's about 300 of them here. Uh, so anybody who's looking for boxes, uh, wait about six weeks till the renovations are done, and then there'll be all the boxes you could possibly want. Um, you know, just two weeks ago, we would have sat here and said the Blue Jays' chances of making the postseason are, are next to nil. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw some analytics analytical site and I can't remember even what the number was, but it was like 2% or 3% or some, some minute number, their chances of making the postseason. And that's what baseball is. And, you know, even though, you know, I've been around it my entire life, and I know you have too, we forget um, how unique this sport is, where even bad teams can go on great runs and even good teams can go on poor runs. And it's demonstrated, in fact, by, you know, if you, if you win 60% of your games, you're almost guaranteed to make the playoffs in baseball, mm-hmm. where not necessarily so in, in other sports. But, uh, boy, they've looked good, huh? Oh, wow. Was it 36 runs in four games, Bob? Yeah. I mean, it is uh, – the, the, the bats are – you know, the bats that we saw in that little bit of a swoon that uh, – they were a bit of a challenge. I mean, holy smokes, it's, uh, it's been impressive. And now you, uh, you combine that with some pitching that, and not just timely pitching, we're just talking good, good, solid pitching. That to me is, uh, that's, a, that's a good recipe for this team. I, you, you know, you talked about no, learning this <laughs> and knowing about this all your life. You know, yesterday was Labor Day. I don't have to remind Cub fans in 1969, they, I think they were up 11 games on the Mets. 11 games. And that yep. wasn't necessarily the case in the end. No. And I mean, we have to acknowledge that that is something of a rarity. I mean, that does not happen all the time, but teams do get hot. And right now the blue Jays are hot mm-hmm. and the other teams have cooled out. The Yankees, I think have lost uh, five of their last seven or something like that. Boston had a big lead on Tampa yesterday and blew it. So the blue Jays, and this is another interesting fact. Blue Jays have four games in hand on the Boston Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And they're only one game back in the loss column. And that always used to be the big thing people used to tell me is just check the loss column. You know, um, they're right there. Yeah. And their fate, I think, in essence, is in their own hands. <coughs> Excuse me. With all kinds of games against Baltimore and Minnesota left on the schedule if they do what they should do, which is not to win all of those games, but if you can win 70% of those games, they're right there. And we've talked about this before with the quality of, well, the kind of hitting this team has and the front end starting pitching. I wouldn't want to play this team, this team in a, in a, in a seven game series. Would you? (laughs) Well, no, no. And Again, it goes back to good pitching and good hitting at the same time. I mean, if this if this can continue, and this and the Blue Jays can maintain what so many people have predicted, this is what this organization was supposed to be like this year. 
then they're going to be scary. But you know what? As as quickly as it showed up, it could quickly disappear again. And that's the thing you have to worry about. Look what, you know, with what's going on with George Springer um, and how long he will be able to play or not play is, is a question now I think that uh, they have to be concerned about. So from, from the day-to-day -day aspect of baseball is one of the things that makes it so much fun to watch. Yeah, and I mean, we all acknowledge that Springer is a great player and um, in many ways has been the engine that fires up this team. But at the other hand, he has, he has not played well since he's come back. He hasn't been a real big factor since he's come back. And if he's going to miss time, which I assume he is, yeah. with the injury from yesterday, um, I don't know how much that means. I mean, Guriel's playing like crazy. Simeon is, is unbelievable. Um, Guerrero has played well. Bichette has, has been hitting. Hey, the, the def defensively, Gristrick has been terrific. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, terrific in center field. Um, I don't know how, did you stay up last night and watch uh, Andrescu? Not the whole thing, no. Well, I did. It, it, well, well, you don't sleep, so that's okay. It went till I think, past two in the morning. Yes, it did. If I'm not mistaken. And um, for those that aren't aware, Bianca loses in three sets, but more significantly, she got injured in the third set. Um, uh, upper thigh was taped. Um, she, had, she had chances to win in straight sets. Um, won the first 7-6, lost the second 7-6 or 6-7. And then won the first two games of the third set. So she was, you know, in, in control, although her opponent was really, really played well. It was a terrific match filled with lots of tension. And um, yeah. I, I enjoyed watching it very much. But, I mean, let's face it. I, when she's on a roll, as she was through parts of that, it, it is fun. she's fun to watch. She's emotional. Um, ten tennis, it's funny. Tennis has always been viewed for generations of being so stodgy. The modern tennis player is far from stodgy. The modern tennis player, including people like uh, Bianca, they, they're, they're not afraid to show emotion. And that makes this game much more attractive and, and entertaining to watch. Uh, well, that's it for Bianca for this uh, tournament okay. for the U.S. Open. So the, the two young Canadians, um, one male, one female, will uh, play again today. And we'll see how they make out. Uh, some basketball talk today. We are, um, I guess, just a few weeks away from the start of uh, preseason and training camp. And um, I think this is our guest's first appearance on the podcast, is it not? It is, sir. Uh, many times on the radio program. But the head coach of the Toronto Raptors and, coincidentally, the head coach of uh, Canada's national team, Nick Nurse, will join us when we continue after these messages. It's McCowan. It's uh, Shannon. It's the Bob McCowan podcast uh, with you. The and with you today and with us today is the head coach of the Toronto Raptors and the head coach of the Canadian national basketball team. Nick Nurse is uh, with us. First of all, um, in the last few weeks, you've got your contract extended with uh, Canada basketball. Congratulations on that. I assume you're uh, you're pleased. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that um, um, it's been a rocky road for a lot of people and rocky for getting that team organized maybe the way I want wanted to or the way we wanted to. Um, 
so I just I wanted to, I wanted to get another crack at it, and I said it's only going to be if we're going all the way through the next cycle, which is 2024 Paris, and um, have kind of taken that approach with the whole with the whole organization, including the players, that if we're going to we're going to do this, we gotta we gotta commit here for three years, and I'm looking forward to that. Nick, what did you learn out of Victoria? Yeah. I learned a lot. Learned a lot. I think that. Um, you know, we got beat in a, in a, in a game, a close, tough game, ball bounced really the wrong way, big time on us twice. Right. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but yep. Sadoransky banks in that 18, 19 footer, totally guarded straight on. And, and then we had one go in and out on a wide open 12 footer. Um, but, but in saying that, I believe that, you know, the checks deserve to win. Um, they were big. Uh, they were experienced. They've been together forever. And just as an example, and, and this is this is uh, certainly not an excuse. This is why I say that they, they deserve to win. They had nine of 10 guys back from their 2019 uh, fifth place finish in the World Cup. I mean, fifth in the world ahead of the U.S., by the way. We got yeah. sixth. And uh, they brought nine of those 10 guys back. And I think we had one guy back from 2019. And that continuity, chemistry, experience probably caught up to us, to be honest. Well, you had enough talent. I think you, you acknowledge that or would agree with that um, uh, to succeed. How much of it was just what you talked about? Lack of experience. I mean, playing experience as a pro, but maybe more importantly, coach, not much time together. Yeah, we, we had a tough, tough time together, right? I think, again couple other things if we're gonna you know kind of flesh it out is you know they had tremendous size they had three you know near seven footers that have been playing a long time in the Euro League Dwight Powell was playing great um we didn't have a lot of other size and he obviously he got in foul trouble so we ended up playing Trey Lyles who did a great job and and kind of small you know one of our fears going into the game is we had to protect Dwight and and we tried to the best we could but end up getting in foul trouble uh, late in the game. Um, and you're right, we didn't have the greatest prep. And, it, and it's it's not like we didn't want to have great prep, right? It was it was tough protocols. There was, yeah. we weren't allowed any, any friendlies to get ready for it. Those teams were all playing in Europe and well before where they played us in, in several games. And, uh, and uh, you know, geez, even when we got to that first game against Greece, it was like, you know, they came out and kind of blew our doors off at the start, like a well-oiled machine. And we had to like switch everything we were doing at half to kind of figure out a way to get into the game and, and eventually overtake that game. Um, but, you know, just didn't know who I, I didn't know who our team was at all. You know, I, I had no identity. I didn't know roles. I didn't know subbing patterns. I did, you know, we just didn't know who we were and those games were live and for real. Um, so we learned a lot of stuff to go back to your original question. We learned a lot. Yeah. So does that mean that I mean you've committed? Do you believe that the players, we have yeah. so many great players in the NBA now that are Canadian. Do you yep. believe they've committed? Yeah. So so here's what here's what we did. I mean, I, that that didn't sit very good with me coming out of Victoria. And you guys, if we've talked enough over the years, I, I'm a usually I can get over and move on pretty quickly. And, and in the NBA, you kind of have to, right? That one didn't sit with me very good. I've, I've been still kind of mulling that one over. It hurt me not to get that one done. 
um, got to work on immediately on, on the plan forward again, like, you know, I just, I just told them, you know, I mean, I think we're happy with the steps forward we took. I think, I think we got a lot more guys and we normally got to play under difficult circumstances. Um, some of the things we just talked about, I don't need to go over again, but got to work right away. Um, and started calling the players and telling them, here's where I'm at. And, and a lot of things helped here, like the experience there, the Olympics following you, you know, I was getting a lot of communication texts and calls from the players while games were going on mm. in the Olympics about France and Australia. And, you know, and I was telling them, you know, what do you see there? And I, and I, you know, I'm saying, this is what we've got to do. We've got to get a group of guys. It may not be the best, you know, on paper or whatever, but, but we, we need a group that's committed and wants to play and is going to play and stay together. So I started making the rounds with some of that. And I said, listen, I'm, I'm getting ready to come back, but I'm only coming back. And if it's a three-year deal and, um, and I need you guys to commit to three years and, and play each summer. And so we can, we can get out and play some friendlies and we can get out and get to know each other and, and get something done. And um, they were the guys, you know, guys that were there were in and some other guys that were there. So anyway, we, we ended up deciding to use Vegas. You know, it's kind of a um, convention, basketball convention out there. Not only is it summer league, but everybody's out there. So we decided to use Vegas as a kind of a two night approach. The first night was we invited uh, 15 um, players that we thought would make up the core for this team for, for the next three. Um, 11 of them ended up getting on a plane and coming to Vegas and sitting down and having a dinner with us. And, and we, we basically just wanted to lay it all out. We laid out, here's the schedule. <laughs> here's, here's the commitment, the exact dates we're going to call you to camp for the next three summers. Uh, here's the NBA schedule. Here's free agency. Here's the draft. Here's all this stuff and, and take a look at it. And, um, and that's the commitment we're asking for. Um, so I think it was a good start. We had 11 there. The, the vibe was super positive as well. Um, I, am, I am like uh, days away from kind of getting that on paper and getting it out to them and making sure. I mean, it's one thing to be sitting there and saying, yeah, I'm in and all that kind of stuff. But we need to. Yeah, sure. I don't want your decision now. I want you to go away and think about it, digest it, talk to a family, your friend, everybody you need to talk to before you're in. And you know, one of the guys said, well, what if we all say no, what are you going to do? And I said, well, we'll take the under 19 team that just finished third in the world and we'll let them play for the next 12 years together. And they'll put, they'll put multiple medals around their necks in their careers. And, and um, I think we've got the talent and it's time for us to, again, it's time to build it, man. It's time to build it the right way. And um, we're going to stand in there with them. I believe we'll get an uptake of, of guys. I think, I think of that 11, I would, I would be surprised if it goes plus or minus one other uh, each direction, but really? many of the guys got up and spoke passionately about their desire to play and uh, the commitment and getting there early and extra, you know, all those kind of things. So that was a long answer. I'll stop talking now. No, it was a, <laughs> interesting threat though. I'll take the 19 year olds. Well, if you guys don't a, want to play. Threat. I just, I just, <laughs> I, I mean, know, it's but... not a threat. It's just that we needed to be, have an answer for sure. You know, that was a great question. It was a great question that, that they, you know, one of them posed is like, you know, this was well before this dinner. And one of them said, well, what if, what if, you know, you know, coach, I'm in, but what if, what if nobody else wants to be in? And then I'm saying, well, then we're going to have to go with what we think's best to build it. And I, and I, and I think that that's, that these guys are, 
I mean, I don't know. We built it up, I think, and we've got them. We've got them, you know, we're doing things first class. We've got, we've got a lot of, we've got a great coaching staff. I really believe in the guys running it, you know, all this stuff. I think there's some, there's some, you know, that thing in Victoria, too bad it was COVID time because that was getting ready to be a kind of, you know, knock your socks off event. You know, that thing right. would have been sold out and, and the festival and all the things they were going to do there. So I think there's some really positives and now we just got to get the team on a little bit more of a schedule. Let's put it hey, before we, before we talk about your other team, um, cause I know Bob's chomping at the bit about that. Um, looking at your history, looking at your career, there, there really is a love of international basketball, isn't there? Yeah, hundred percent. It's awesome. It's awesome. And, and I, you know, I, again, I've kind of fell into it to be, I mean, I went over originally as like a 26 year old, just to get a lot of head coaching experience that, that I thought I could get in, in over there. And, and then it's just like, you know, like a lot of things you move in circles, right? Well, I was in that circle and if there was a Euro league in Paris, I would fly to, you know, I'd go watch it. Or if there was a summer league in Treviso, Italy, I'd be there coaching it. Or I kind of got in that circle and and then obviously had the experience with both the English team way back when, and then the great Britain team going into 2012 as an assistant. Um, yeah. It's, it's such a different and such an interesting and passionate game at that level it's really it's really cool um as john mentioned we do want to speak about uh, your other team but before we do that do you have any trouble compartmentalizing your thought patterns between the raptors and the and now the and international basketball or do you do you kind of put it in a box and you're focused on this and then when that's over you move to that well i don't think so i think i think they're kind of they're probably more intertwined than, than, um, well, I think they're intertwined. I don't know if any, how anybody feels about it, but listen, I, I, again, I came out of that Victoria thing thinking, man, I, I, I tell you what, we got to have this, this, and this in place, um, for this national team. And, uh, kind of toyed, started toying with some different defensive thoughts and that, and, well, I took them to the next Raptor training camp and we tried some of them in summer league and it ends up looking like they're going to, they're going to look really good in, in the Raptors organ, you know, so it's, you know, I think you're kind of mixing and matching. And I think intertwined is the way it's to me, it's basketball. It, it is very different, very different uh, settings and all that stuff, but there is still a lot of common threads there. Nick nurse is with us. We'll take the break. Come back with more after these messages. Bob McCown, John Shannon with you and the head coach of the Raptors. Nick Nurse is um, along with us. He's the well, only guy that has, he has the only, the only guy that has his own hat though, Bob. I, I mean, I, you don't have your true. own hat. That's not true. There are about six guys in this building that have the Freddie Van Fleet, <laughs> no, no, Pascal. I, just on our, hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, every time I see you with your hat on, I think, man, oh man, to have your own hat. That's cool, man. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. It was a total accident, but thanks. I, I, I kind of <laughs> like it. I, Especially in the summertime, I don't I don't have time to you know get up, get my hair get to my hair very often. So there you go, Scotty Barnes, um, a somewhat surprising first round pick from a lot of people, um, a worthy pick, and you've now had a chance to see him play in uh, in summer league, and he was he's pretty impressive, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, let's cover the surprising pick first. I think that. Um, you know, first of all, uh, Suggs is really good and looked yep. good in summer league. And I think he's going to be a hell of a player um, without doubt. I just, I just think that 
Scotty for us was a different position, different size. I thought I thought we liked his length. Um, and you don't you know you don't know he's really young. He just turned twenty, um, and he's and he's uh, got great energy. He's a willing. He loves playing defense. You know, so that, that's good. You know, he wants to play both ends, and I think that um, uh, you're right. I thought he looked really, really good, really interesting uh, this summer. Well, Nick, in 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 picking him over Suggs. What would what would your role have been? How, how how much input would you have had with Bobby and Masai and the scouts? Well, the bad news is is um, I was supposed to be in Tokyo coaching the national team, but the good news was I was I was down there every day in the in the workouts in Tampa, getting a look at them. Really interesting process. Fantastic uh, job that our front office did. It's really a it was it's really a high level thing watching all that take place leading into that. Um, yeah, so there, and, and, you know, just kind of when you bring them in, they got a, they got kind of a rhythm to the way it goes. Obviously I get a, get a one-on-one -on -one meeting with, with the player and get to go to dinner with them at night and obviously watch them work out and, and watch some film with them, all kinds of stuff and try to get to know them, you know, the best you can and, and figure out who they are in a, in a, you know, one day or day and a half, um, type scenario. You don't have to be specific about this, but I, I think a lot of people are intrigued by the process of sitting in the room and, and the decisions are not necessarily made minutes before you're, you know, the Toronto Raptors are called by the commissioner, you know, you're next on the, you're on the clock. That decision most often I would think is made a long time before, but tell us whatever you will tell us about the, the process of making a decision. I mean, was it yeah. Suggs or Barnes or was it, was it Barnes long before, you even got involved when you were still in Victoria? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think Bob, you've been, you've been probably around enough drafts and multiple sports to know that your, your team of, of people puts together, you know, their, their, their list, you know, just sure. literally you got to list them and, and, and then it does come down to kind of minutes before, because you really don't know what's going to happen beforehand. Right. I mean, there's always the chance that something happens to change that or somebody you had higher still sitting there or whatever i think that's always kind of the way you gotta you gotta go i mean it did unfold pretty predictably um in one two three and and scotty we had um you know ready to go there as our as our first pick if if uh, those three guys did go in that order but there's still a lot of wondering waiting until until those picks are actually made yeah one of the things Sorry, John. Go ahead, go ahead please. No, you go. You go. Um, one of the things that um, was problematic for your team last year, and there's a couple of things that I'd like to address, but yeah. one of them was was rebounding. You were third worst in the NBA. Only three of the ten worst rebounding teams in the league made the playoffs. Seven of the ten best rebounding teams made the playoffs. It makes it sound like I'm not promoting this. I'm, I'm leading to a question as if rebounding is a, a missing ingredient for your team and something you have to improve on in order to be more successful. Oh, yeah. But I'm not a hundred percent. I think there's some truth to that, but I'm just not a hundred percent sure that you buy into that all the way. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, listen, you gotta, the ball is, the ball is obviously, um, really what we're playing for right to have more possessions and and secure it and it 
it it is hard. I think um, I I'd like to think we're defensive minded coaching staff, and that's what a lot of our culture is built on. And to play all that defense and make teams miss, and then give them the ball right back, um, or not make them miss enough, <laughs> right? Is 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 certainly deviant, you know, from our culture, deviates from our culture. So yeah, I mean. Um, we had our work cut out for us last year for a number of reasons and on that front. And that is certainly a key component to, to us getting better this year. So sure. one of it, one of the, one of it is the fact that you didn't have, um, effective bigs, but you don't have to be seven feet tall to rebound. Mm-hmm. Part of what you need is you need a commitment on the part of the players and to a great extent, the head coach to focus on rebounding. Mm-hmm. Did you address your team midway through last year or some point through the year and insist that guys go to the boards, especially the defensive boards more often. Yeah. I mean, we, I thought we were um, certainly emphasizing it and working on it and trying to get our, our perimeter players more involved. You know, we're, we're trying to get everybody to, to take some ownership of it. And it really was a, you know, really was a challenge that we'd have to have have a couple of guys trying to take guys out. There were certain games we'd have three guys trying to block out certain guy. You know, a certain you know tough offensive rebounder, et cetera. It's always been it's always been a big focus of what we do. Um, the one the one player that uh, seems to have been uh, a trigger for a lot of people is Pascal. Uh, lots of discussions this offseason about Pascal even being traded. How do you how do you manage dealing with those kind of stories, albeit not true, uh, with with a guy as as important as Pascal is to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're gonna go through that stuff. Um, as soon as it's not him, it's gonna move on to somebody else or somebody else. You know, there's always it seems to me somebody in the works that's that's gonna be um, in those talks. Right. Um, but, you know, listen, I think Pascal um, certainly talented um, has certainly had his way ups and some and some downs. You know, um, I feel good about where he's at now. I mean, I know he's you know, he had the injury to the shoulder. Um, he's going to be out for a while, but that doesn't it's just from contact. He's he is um, in full like. 100% workout mode other than it's just one on zero, right? He's he, right. if you walked into the gym and saw him working out, you'd, you wouldn't know anything was wrong with him. And, and I've seen him here uh, last week and, and the week before that and a couple of weeks before that as well. And he looks, he's in great shape, looks springy and quick and, and, and he's going to, you know, he's still going to be held out for a while um, until that shoulder strengthens up to where he can take contact. But um He's a really good player, man. He's a good two-way player, and he's certainly going to be um, him and him and Freddie and OG are probably you know our leaders of our team now, right? They're they're young veterans, but they've been around a little bit, and they've got to step into some of these roles that that the Kyles and Serges and Marks and those guys have left left uh, behind. Which which leads to the, my last question is is that what will you miss most about Kyle Lowry? Oh, I mean, he's just going to miss his overall toughness right I mean his compete levels off the charts and and um, any coach would would uh, always appreciate that when there's a guy when the ball goes up that just starts fighting like heck to win and 
we'll certainly miss that from him. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this, because uh, this came up just in the last, I think, 24, 36 hours, maybe a little bit longer. Um, the now uh, departed um, Kawhi Leonard and his, how he, how he was treated by and what the other players felt about him. Um, some, there's some allegation that um, things weren't as smooth as maybe was perceived from the outside looking in. As a head coach, what was your perspective? I think things were really smooth. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not aware of what you're, what you're, what you're talking about, but I don't, I don't see or sense or even remember or misremember it not being as, as smooth as it appeared. There was, there was no obvious issue in the room, any jealousy or um, controversy. I mean, we do know Kawhi did miss games, did yeah. have games he sat out. You didn't sense that that was no, I think, problematic. I think, that, I think that there was some uncertainty and and um, those kind of things as what started out. But once we kind of figured out that this is how it was going to, you know, everybody was just unsure of what we were doing. It was it was kind of kind of um, guy coming off hadn't played really much in a year, and we we'd always kind of said we're going to kind of manage this or ease into this a little bit. And when it was actually going on the first couple times, it was kind of like you know, what, what, what's going on. And as we continue to play it out and extend that out and geez, that team played great when they, when he was playing and they played great when he wasn't. So I think everybody accepted it pretty well. Well, um, as before we go, uh, what kind of level of optimism do you have for this year? I know you're optimistic to get started. You're, yeah. you're an enthusiastic guy. You love yeah. the sport. Uh, you probably hate taking vacations, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. Um, but, uh, this it's, it's not really a rebuild, but it's a bit of a retool, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, this is a different look to this team for sure. Um, you know, I think that we're power ranked 21st in the NBA right now. We're not, we're not really used to that. Nope. Um, I think, um, you know, there are people that would say we're, we're not going to be that good, but, um, I have a lot of optimism for it. I love our. I love our length and our athleticism. I really think OG's coming on. Pascal, Freddie are are proven players. Um, I like kind of a little bit more of our size and mobility with Kem Birch and Precious, uh, Scotty. I did, you know Gary Trent. There's there's some there's some names. Chris Boucher. There's some there's some length and some athleticism there. They they may not pop off the page at you, but what I what I like to say is we're going to be able to look everybody in the eye this year and guard and be able to guard them. So that's all, that's all I could ask for as a coach is let, let me just line up with you toe to toe and eye to eye. And then we'll see if we can we'll guard see what happens. Out, right? yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, just, you just tweaked me to one more thing, Nick. Sorry. Um, yeah, right. How much do you expect? How much do you expect Barnes to play this year? A ton. You do. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be out there a lot. He'll probably play him at multiple positions. Uh, yeah. He's, he's um, physically ready to, to go. You know, as far as his, his strength and his size and his athleticism, um, and I would imagine we're going to give him as many reps as he can handle. And we haven't asked about the, the, the other guy that got signed a contract this summer was Masai. That's got to be a relief to know that he's around too, right? Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, I, I always, you know, we came in together eight years ago, and um, and obviously things have changed quite a bit for both of us. But obviously, we got a really good relationship. Um, 
and I think it's it's comfortable like like for me um he tells me the way it is and I try to tell him the way it is right back and uh and there's not really very many uncomfortable moments you know we both have kind of visions of winning at a big time level and and doing what we got to do to get there well and if you ever need a loan you're surrounded by another guy who's uh, got plenty of money to <laughs> to lend out <laughs> I apologize for that ridiculous statement. Um, uh, it's great to see you. Um, I yeah, wish it was yeah. face to face, um, but we'll get there. We'll get yeah, to that point soon. at some point in time. Yeah. We thank you very much for your time as always. And I look forward to having the opportunity to chat with you down the road. Thanks coach. Thanks guys. Good to see you. Take Nick care. nurse back after this. This Valentine's day, Duncan's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. And we are back. Our thanks to Nick Nurse. Been too long since we um, chatted with him. Now, he was busy. He was in Florida in the pandemic and all that other nonsense. And then went into the uh, national team and uh the the you know the tournament in victoria so we understand but we don't like waiting that long between visits you know the one thing that really came out for me was um his passion to coach canada that that was you know i mean then you know coaching the raptors he's won a, won the nba championship and you can see it uh, when he talks about standing eye to eye with other other teams in the nba but there's a real passion to to win for our country and that's uh, that's a special thing, Bob. That's important, I think, for the sport. What well, is important for the for the for the future of the national team? And he's not the first that I've talked to that has been involved with international basketball, who has who has been surprised and has recognized that it's a it's a different thing, and you get caught up in it. It becomes important for Nick. It it, it happened as he said in Europe when he was coaching there. Um. And I, I don't doubt for a second, if he had not been in Europe and had been involved in international basketball, selling him on coaching Canada's national team probably would have been a lot tougher. But he, he knew what the, the impact is of it's not about the money and it's not about a long, drawn-out season. It's about win tonight, every game's important, and you're putting your national or the national colors on display and on, on trial, in essence. Um, he obviously takes the job seriously, and that's what you need. Well, that's uh, that's something that you know, guys like Brian Cooper and uh, everybody at Basketball Canada have they've done a, they've done a good job of of making sure that the brand stays on focus. And I you think bet. that uh, we're going to, even though they didn't get to Tokyo, I think we're going to see a lot and hear a lot more about uh, the the success of the program before, and hopefully, they can get to Paris at the Olympics. Um, Based on what Nick just said, I, I remember no Jamal doubt. Murray. Jamal Murray was hurt, Bob. You know, he and arguably our best player. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't available. So hopefully, he'll be healthy enough to play for Canada over the next three years. Yeah, but what I like most about what Nick said is it's a three-year commitment, and he wants all these guys to commit to it because right. that process of building a relationship, even though you go eleven months and don't see each other, well, you see each other on the NBA court as opponents mostly, but being together you know, for three consecutive years, playing exhibition games, playing in tournaments, and just getting to know each other better. Um, I think that was the missing ingredient. 
this team really had no idea who anybody was. Right. You know, I mean, I imagine there were guys that still a week or two weeks in were looking at the back of the of the jersey to see well, what's his name again. Mm. Well, and even even in the duration of the tournament in Victoria, you could see them starting to gel and get better every game. It, it happens in every sport, doesn't it? It does. Uh, we got to go. Uh, for John Shannon, Bob McCown, we're back tomorrow. Hope you will be too. Thank you, and goodbye, everybody.